Hey everyone, and welcome to episode four of the C9 Win podcast. It's currently Sunday, December 13th. Cloud9 just finished playing in Dreamhack and Blast. So that's what we're going to talk about. So to start off, I talked about Flashpoint in my last podcast and about how it looked like they lacked teamwork and lacked cohesion and other sorts of things like that that are kind of expected when you have a new team. And so they struggled, but they'd only been together two weeks. They're playing against top 20 teams. Like all that was kind of expected. And I didn't really have any problems with that. And coming into Blast, I was expecting some improvement. But again, they're coming in, they're playing a top 20 team. It had only been like a week between or whatever. So still was expecting some of the rust for the players who hadn't played in a while or some of the team cohesion to be a struggle. But they showed such incredible growth between Flashpoint and Blast. I I honestly couldn't believe it. I really thought it would take them much longer to mesh together. Like I knew that their play styles would all work together and I knew that they're all working hard and a lot of them are very selfless. I, I, I thought it was going to work together as a, as a roster, but I really expected it to take much longer and they really like blew the rust off from not having played, especially Alex and their utility as a team was much better. Their trading was much better when entering in sites, how they would enter in and who would be looking where and how they would be taking angles was much better. And just overall, I was completely shocked with how much progress was made between those because, again, they're coming in as a new team playing these top 20 teams. And I just expected it to take more time than it did. I thought the pace they were playing with was really solid in Blast and DreamHack. I thought it was much better than Flashpoint where, like, I think a couple rounds of Flashpoint that, that stick out is one on Mirage when they're on T side and they're splitting A, like mid and then A. And so they're going mid and they're under window and one of them gets picked and they kind of at that point stall and are unsure what to do because that wasn't part of their plan. So they kind of just ended up hanging out mid for a long time and then the whole round ended up just kind of going awry because it seemed like they weren't sure what to do decision wise. And then another example, like on overpass, they would send five people towards monster for a B hit. Meanwhile, the CT team is taking over fountain they're realizing they're all towards b stacking it because they're just kind of like taking too long and so i thought the pace that i played with was just much better i thought the decision making was much more decisive and they had players watching their backs or their flanks or taking control in other areas like the way alex would lurk to make sure they had control these other areas if they were going to hit something and i just really thought it would take more time but like sheesh like they really they really brought it together and were extremely impressive. Especially when you take a look at like the rankings of the teams that Cloud9 has played as a brand new roster. So these these are the rankings of all the teams that Cloud9 has played. 11, 6, 14, 10, 8, 17, 33, 18, and 8. So the two eighths, mouse spores. But they only played one team outside of the top 20, and that was Ents, a 33-ranked team. Like, talk about taking a new roster and then just, like, completely throwing them to the fire. Like, they, there was no, like, oh, like, let's get our feet wet and, like, 
a qualifier, you know, where we're playing like a 50th team or a 60th team and like qualifying for a tournament. It was, nope, here you go. Two weeks in, here's the rank 11 team. Here's the rank 16. Boom, you're 0-2 out of Flashpoint. Next event, all right, here's the 14th rank team. Here's the 10th rank team. Like, So they were just like completely just, like I said, just tossed to the fire. Like, here you go. Here's all the best teams in the world. Good luck. Um, and they have a record of four and five against all these teams. Like if you take out mouse sports, four and three, or sorry, if you, if you count that they only played mouse sports once, they're four and four. That's a pretty good showing. Like they, they're doing so well for how long they've been together. Like had they gotten a single win against a top 20 team, like you got to think that's pretty impressive. Like it would have been sad, you know, to go through flashpoint, DreamHack and Blast with one win. But when you look at the teams they're playing, to come in as a new team and then beat a top 20 team in a best of three when you've only been together for like three weeks, like that's an impressive feat, let alone beating three top 20 teams and then ends a 33 ranked team. So I like I honestly couldn't think we could ask for a better start. Like I, I wanted to beat Mouse Sports so bad that second time. But so I was going into the match like, we're playing with house money. Like we made, we made the dream hack playoffs. Like this is fantastic. But so after the loss, it was sad, but you also have to think like the fact that they made it that far. That's so, so impressive. And mouse sports is a great, great team. So I don't think we can really ask for a better start from this roster. They're just synergizing really well. And the amount of growth that they've had already is so crazy. It's so crazy. Um, so the strongest maps they have, I think, obviously from watching Nuke is one of their strongest maps. Dust, I would say they're pretty strong at too. But Nuke, I think, I think they're good at Nuke because I think it fits a lot of their team's strengths. It kind of lets Woxit get like a little loose with the op. Like he can, you know, go outside, go heaven. He can kind of it's a map where he can kind of play around feel and like kind of have a pretty good impact. Um, it also gives floppy an area to hold solo. So gives him ramp. He can kind of just hold that area. He's really good at locking down areas, making sure that things are under control. And then it also gives Alex a, ro- a lot of room to lurk, especially on the T side. Like he can be going outside smokes down secret. He could be like lurking lobby, lurking ramp. Like there's a lot of room for Alex to kind of do his thing of like kind of messing with the other team, getting control of different areas, all that kind of stuff. So like we saw him do that a lot on T side and he had a lot of success and he was also doing a CT side when they're fighting outside. So he's like checking and pushing lobby and then going up ladder and hitting them from silo and then falling all the way back to site. So they have no idea where Alex is, but they know that the whole, side of the map is compromised like nuke just kind of seems to fit a lot of their strengths and i actually think nuke could get a lot better for this team i think that there's definitely room for floppy to improve on ramp like he's new to playing ramp on the old cloud nine he would play dedicated on a site so he's new to playing ramp and there were more than a few times where he could have gotten multi-kills. Like I think about the times when he has been 
like not on top of that box that's right in the middle of ramp like you know when you come out the door and there's like that box i'm blanking on the call but he's like on like the rail behind it so he has like the headshot angle there was a few times where they're coming and he's at that angle and he could have gotten a bunch of kills but instead he didn't get any either time but here's the thing when you're playing ramp he does the most important thing when you're playing ramp and that's that he stays alive like him not dying is the single most important thing because if they come out ramp and he dies the whole b site is open so even if he doesn't get a kill him surviving is the most important thing and he has done that extremely extremely well and i think that is why when he could have gotten the multi kills he didn't because i think his brain is already telling him to leave to stay alive like you know imagine a football player going to make a catch and it's like he's going to catch it but he's like already like turning up field like his brain's already like moving so they ends up like missing the catch or something i think of it kind of like that where he knows that he has to stay alive and so they're coming in he sees three people and so his brain immediately is like you need to drop off this rail so he's kind of like shooting ass he's like going back and so i think that, that that's something that he'll get with time and more comfort is he'll be able to understand the timing so he'll get two kills there and then be able to dip. And so I think that he's playing it really well because he's doing the most important things. But I also think there's so much room for him to be able to play it better, to get more creative with his angles, to get more kills, to understand the timings better. Because once he gets onto B site, once he gets down onto B site, he was locking him down down there too. So if he can just become an incredible ramp player, really comfortable up on top of ramp and then stay how comfortable he is when he's down on B site. Like that's going to be, that's going to be super locked down and that'll just come with more time. I also think that as they get more comfortable, they can get a little more loose outside on nuke too with like walkstick and S tag to kind of like mess with them doing the outside takes. I think that they're currently playing it a little more passive and S tag has a couple of times like jumped up, through the smoke and gotten some kills and stuff. But I think as they get a little more comfortable out there too with each other, I think they could really start messing and disrupting a lot of like outside takes as well. And I think dust is also a strong map for them for pretty similar reasons to nuke. Alex can get like pretty wild on dust with how he wants to lurk and how he wants to create pressure. And we've seen this in the maps where he's like dropping 40 bombs and just kind of totally messing with the other team the entire game and Woxic also has like a ton of long angles a ton of different places he can play to go get picks they can whip out the double op when they want and I think the double op is pretty strong with this team like I think S-Tag is a great secondary opper I think Mezzi could also be a secondary opper I think if he wasn't a solo anchor Floppy could be a great secondary opper I think that they can do a lot of different things so in Dust 2 kind of allows you to be pretty creative and the b site is also just like completely on lockdown on dust like floppy is just absolutely locking that down just like he did on the old cloud nine and they are stacking it when they need to like him and s tag have great chemistry on b site Woxic helping over on b site too i think that that whole side all tournament well both tournaments was just like super unlock 
And I think that's really important. So I think that's why those two maps are pretty strong for them because they can kind of play to their strengths. And it's kind of for these reasons that I think that Train could also be really strong for this team. Because Floppy can super lock down B-Site. We've seen that time and time again of him locking it down, 1v4ing Astralis on B-Site. And Woxit could also have a lot of impact with the op on Train. He can kind of get very creative. They could double op. I mean, the old Cloud9 would triple op. The only thing missing for the recipe for Train is... Alex's ability to lurk because with train it's very tough to lurk because you can't really like walk out anywhere like in dust you can kind of like walk through double doors clearing angles one at a time or kind of mess around in B or just in one player out, out long but on train you can't really just like send someone down lower ramp or have someone walk out upper like there's so many angles to be checking and you can't just have them like walk out you know t-spawn or pop dog or whatever like there's just such a small amount of little choke points that like it's very hard to lurk like alex couldn't just go pop dog and then go up ladder on ct and like get in there like someone's gonna be watching ladder so i think that's the one recipe that is missing from train that the other two maps have is alex's ability to get really creative and just totally mess with the other team so that could be why they don't play it. Alex didn't play it on Vitality either. But I think if they could figure out how to get Alex to work in there or if Alex could get more comfortable, I think Train could be really, really strong for this team. And Josh Mix, their analyst, like he's shown an ability with the last roster to be able to counter strat other teams' CT sides on Train and to exploit the weaknesses there. Like how many, how many T sides did the old Cloud9 win? Like all of them. Every time they got to T side, it was like one of my favorite things to watch. It was so exciting to watch the old Cloud9 play T side train. And I think that if Josh Mix brings those analytics and brings like those strategies that he's seeing on the teams, I think that this team could be super, super strong. But again, if your in-game leader isn't comfortable and it doesn't fit his play style, maybe they'll never play it. But I do think that if they can get Alex comfortable, or maybe just with time, um, maybe they're just banning it because they're new and Alex isn't comfortable, or who, who knows. But I do think Train could be could be pretty strong. And when I'm looking through like HLTV, uh, this could be wrong. Like I haven't been like watching demos on, on all these all these other teams. I just kind of looked through HLTV to see, but not a lot of the top teams play train with any sort of regularity, and a lot of them don't have much success. There's very few. I think there was like two teams. It was Navi and one other team who play train super well. But it could be a really good punish pick if they can get good on it because it's not a highly played map in like the top 10 of HLTV. So I per personally would love to see them ban Vertigo and bring Train into the, into the pool. Just because Vertigo is so hard for an opper to get involved. Like what's an opper supposed to do on Vertigo? Like you can either hold mid, but there's like one angle to hold. You can hold down ramp, but ramp, they just smoke or flash you off. 
And then on B site, you can hold B doors, but again, they just flash or smoke you off. Like it's, it's so tough to have an impact as an opera on vertigo. And if Waxig is the like quote unquote star player, then to have a map where he basically like can't have an impact, like that's kind of tough. And I think, you know, floppy has spoken up. I think other players have spoken up about how they don't like vertigo. So I would love to see them just not play that and go play something like train where they can push their strengths. But we'll kind of see what happens with that. Inferno, I think still needs quite a bit of work. I think it's great that they're playing Inferno because Inferno is, I would say Inferno is arguably the most important map in the pool. Like how many best of threes end on Inferno? It's one that you can't really like permaban. It's one that a lot of teams are good at. I think it's just such an important map that you have to be good at because it gets played all the time. And so I'm totally okay with them constantly playing it right now because they have to get better on it. And their B site especially looks too vulnerable right now. It was just getting punished over and over. And I think this is because, kind of like I was saying in my last podcast, they're playing too passive on B and they don't be able to, they don't seem to be able to keep banana control and they don't have enough information on the rest of the map to be able to understand what's happening. So they end up just getting completely exact on, on B. And when they're throwing mollies and smokes and flashes on B, like you're just going to get destroyed every time. And that's kind of what's been happening. But based on like the improvements we've seen with the team, like across the board, like I have no doubt this is going to come. So I think I'm totally okay with them continuing to play Inferno. Kind of, It's kind of like the old Cloud9. Remember how bad the old Cloud9 was at Nuke? And they just kept playing it and playing it and playing it because every team would pick it against them because they were terrible. And they eventually got pretty solid. And so I'm kind of expecting the same thing to happen on Inferno. Because they're going to be playing Inferno all the time. So they're going to get better at it. And the more they play, the more they understand, the more they get comfortable, the more Floppy and S-Tag understand how to work with each other on B, the more they understand the rotations, the more they can figure out how to get Woxic a little more involved, get him like some more picks, all that kind of stuff. Alex learns how he can lurk better, all those kinds of things. Those will all come in time, I'm sure. Um, But Inferno definitely does still need some work. But again, I'm not worried about it. They've made such incredible strides through every other area in the last three weeks that I I have no doubt that's going to come. And as far as I'm concerned, just keep banging home Inferno until you're good because that that one's going to be that one's going to be important. Mezzi is also someone that I think he has proven that he belongs at the top echelon of CS. I've actually been really impressed with him. I think he's flown super under the radar. I wasn't seeing almost anyone talk about him after any of the matches because, you know, Alex is dropping 40 bombs with these crazy lurks, like Floppy's 1v5-ing every every single match. But Mezzi has also been really solid and has actually won quite a few clutches and put himself in a lot of positions to almost win others. Like, if you look through his HLTV page, you would think that, like, he's struggling 
like his negative KDs. He even tweeted that like he felt like he was struggling or he, or he wanted to get better or something. But he's also playing a role that doesn't really like lead to an insane number of frags. He's playing more like the player that's left over in a one versus two than one of the players who was there to get one of the first three kills, if that makes sense. So I think that he's completely proven that he belongs. And I've been very impressed with this play. And I think that he is going to get so much better. And even though he's actually older than Floppy, he is a rookie. And Floppy at least had time in NA at the upper tier of NA. So this is Mezzi's first step really at all. I think these are the first top 20 teams Mezzi's has ever played. So it's going to take him a little bit of time to just get used to the speed, used to the game, used to a new team, and all that kind of stuff. One thing I did notice, and this could be completely biased from what the first demos I was watching of him, and then just like a random assortment of clips that I've seen through like looking through highlights or through the um, game when I was watching live. But when I was watching his demos, his crosshair playment placement was so smooth so precise and it was like always on target on like headshot angles and when they've shown his pov and i've like rewatched it a little bit it's felt like it's gotten a little slippery or like more erratic than what i watched with his old demos where it was just like this calm smooth like perfect location every time and I think that if this is actually the case, like I said, like I haven't actually gone and watched his POV demos of his recent matches yet to have like a for sure take on this. This is just what I've felt watching it when I've seen and I thought this a few times during some of the games. But if this is actually the case, I think that it could just be a result of being like nervous or stressed about being on a new team like versus the highest level of competition or maybe even more so just like feeling uncomfortable or undecisive, spending too much brain power, like trying to listen to Alex or too much brain power, looking at the map, trying to understand where the rest of his team is. Whereas with his old team, you never had to do that because it was all just fluid. Like you didn't have to think about, okay, I need to be going out at this moment or I need to think about is Woxic right behind me? Is Alex going to flash? Do I have to like listen for the flash? It's like when you're, a team has been together a long time. You don't have to really have any brain power that is put into that. And you can put all that into stuff like making sure your crosshair is constantly on target and all these other things. So I think that that's something that will also come with time. And again, this could just be the case that I noticed it and was really impressed with at the start. And then like these random POV clips that I'm thinking of just like were what happened a few times. But that did come into my mind four or five times over the last two weeks. So I just thought I would bring that up. And Mezzi is going to be the real deal. He's going to start winning all these clutches. He's going to be absolutely a fan favorite on this team. And I absolutely think he belongs and is going to show so much more. I think that Alex's constant flanks and lurks were also so, so good. And he had such a tremendous impact with his style of play over these last two events. Like his decision-making on when to lurk and when to push different areas of the map, it's been basically flawless for those two events. 
and he made so many good reads and like completely disrupted enemy tactics time and time again. But this is also one thing that I'm curious how teams will adjust. Like will will teams learn this about Cloud9 and Alex and start to watch it? Like will he start to get punished for these kinds of things? Or is Cloud9 counterstrating well enough that he's like making these decisions based on holes that he knows are there? Or is this something where he's just going based off feel and teams are going to be able to counterstrat him back? But this kind of lurking is something that he did do on Vitality. So teams should already know that he likes to do this. So maybe it'll just continue being successful. Maybe he's just making all the right reads, understanding the whole game and is just doing it perfectly. But that'll be something that'll be interesting to watch over the next few months and see if this is going to be counter-stratable by other teams or how Cloud9 is going to adjust to other teams, all that kind of stuff. So that'll be interesting to watch. So when you're watching the matches, think about Alex's lurks and see if that's going punished or if he is still getting in the depths of the other team and disrupting all them. So keep an eye on that. Up next, they're playing in a tournament called 9-5, to and this is on Tuesday. And it's a single elimination best of three tournament that actually only has one other team in the top 20. Sorry, one team total in the top 20 because Cloud9 is 23. But just getting more practice is always a good thing. And as many officials as they can play right now, the better because they're just so much different than scrims. I talked all about this last podcast about how different they are, but just having more officials is better. And you could even make a case of playing against not top 20 teams could be better because you can try stuff or those teams generally don't have like the highest level of talent so they make up for it and having like really good strats or new strats or stuff like that so I think there's a lot that you can learn even if you're not playing just the highest level of CS and there's nothing public on the books after that so this could be the last showing of 2020 Unless there's another tournament like this 9-5 to one. Because I thought that DreamHack was going to be their last showing of 2020. So who actually knows? So hopefully we'll get some more. I don't see anything on HLTV that's planned right now. But I'll update you on my Twitter. At Cloud9 underscore win. If I see anything on HLTV or wherever else. Um, hopefully we continue to get more. Hopefully there's some big stuff in January. I cannot express enough how absolutely impressed I was with this team. It seems like every player on this team can frag. It seems like they all can clutch. They're all just great players who are playing together really, really well at this point. And I'm curious to see how high their ceiling goes because if this is them after a month, then they really only can go up. So let's keep an eye on them. Let's see what they do. I've really been enjoying watching them so far. That's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. I'll catch you next time. I'll probably make another one after 9 to 5 for the end of the year. Follow me on Twitter at cloud underscore win. And thanks for listening.